1: This is The Help Desk, and I'm Peter Wells.
0: And I'm Tess Bennett.
1: We've got quite a few interesting stories to talk about today. Let's let's start with a joke you made yesterday.
0: Yeah, so we weren't the only ones watching AOC on Twitch yesterday. The New York congresswoman clopped up over 400,000 views on Twitch, making her the, her video the third most streamed event in Twitch's history. So CNET reports the stream peaked at 439,000 views, making it the third highest viewed single stream in Twitch history. For anyone playing at home, the all-time record is ninjas when he teamed up with Drake and Travis Scott in a game of Fortnite. And that viewership ranged between 300,000 to 400,000. So did you catch any of the the stream, Pete?
1: Uh, I didn't watch the whole stream, but I I did watch a bunch of snackable uh, content on YouTube. And and yeah, once again, she is just the, the master of social media in terms of feeling old though um ninja drake and travis scott i i know one of those people
0: yeah no follow up questions getting back to the twitch stream though um so one tweet that i saw um and i I scrolled past too quickly to give the tweeter credit was that rather than encouraging more young people to get out and vote which was the purpose of aoc's twitch stream is that it's more likely to encourage more older people to get into the habit of watching games
1: absolutely absolutely Do do you watch twitch at all
0: no, I don't. I guess that I, I would be in that target market of people just drawn in because uh, AOC is so compelling and thinking, oh, maybe this is a, a hobby that I should be getting into.
1: Yeah, it's quite fun. I mean, I, I generally just watch older games on uh, Let's Plays on YouTube and things. But if you, if you want to see a master of the art, Bajo, the guy who used to host Good Game on on the ABC, uh, his Twitch is just the most bizarre thing you'll ever watch in your life. And it's it's wonderful because of it. Awesome. In sad news, Parenting Forum Essential Baby is being shut down after 20 years online. I find this really sad, and and it's created quite a bit of an argument on Twitter. Uh, I'm I'm ignoring it at the moment so we can get through the show. I just find yeah I don't know. In, in the early aughts, uh, forums were where it where it was at uh, to be online, and I just I find it very sad that these kind of uh, just, you know, 20 years worth of knowledge, 20 years worth of babies' parents' support is all just going away uh, by the end of the week. And the, there's no real talk about archiving it. Um, I, I've jumped in and asked the uh, National Library to to archive Essential Baby because I know that they, they do do that sometimes. They, they uh, archive some important sites and, and I think Essential Baby would count as one of those.
0: Yeah, so my first thought was, uh, from a commercially minded point of view, was that someone should jump in and buy it. <laughs> you know, there must mm-hmm. be a ton of uh, gold in there over all, the you know, 20 years of advice. So my idea was Huggies. It's just very cheap content marketing for Huggies to sort of buy that database and like save it uh, and keep it online as a resource. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. If you're out there, Huggies, listening, you <laughs> know, get on in.
0: So... I guess you know the need for this advice hasn't gone away, has it? Just moved to Facebook.
1: I think so, yeah. And which is a shame. Like uh, Facebook groups are definitely where all the all the parents are these days, and I've joined a couple in my time as a parent, and they're just they're very odd places. And and what what is really disappointing? I mean, the the last time a Facebook parenting group made it into the news was when there was a punch up. Based on um, two mums having a punch up, and, uh, based on an argument from the inner west mums group, and that doesn't surprise me at all because we used to be a member of the inner west mums. I, I snuck in back when we lived up in Sydney, and and it, yeah, the the arguments could get pretty heated in there. And and I think that's one of the the real shames about uh, these Facebook groups is, you know, back in the day forums used to have really strict moderation policies and really strict moderators who would take that stuff mm. seriously and and back in the back in the day you used to think well get off your high horse mate but looking back i kind of liked an internet where people were polite to each other
0: yeah i guess those moderators um cost money and unfortunately civility seems to have eroded online in a lot of places mm Moving on, this week a couple of Australian e commerce companies are making their ASX debuts. So, Online Marketplace, My Deal, and Beauty Retailer, Adore Beauty, are listing on the ASX today and tomorrow. So, it's quite interesting, and I'll focus just here on Adore because I have given them a lot of money over the years uh, as a customer. It's going to be one of the biggest IPOs of the year, and the 20 year old Melbourne based company is valued around 600 million dollars and so what's interesting about this story is that the that valuation is based on it's about four times revenue for calendar 2020 and 96 times the forecast earnings for EBITDA so it, Earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, and amateurization. Can't believe I volunteered to say that. And you know, an interesting insight actually. And this one comes from Gabby Lieberwisch, who had a big te- payday last year. I think it was when he sold catch his business catch of the day to West Farmers and. You know, eighteen months ago, e-commerce companies were valued on EBITDA, uh, and now these businesses are being valued on a multiple of their revenue uh, and based on their growth potential, like technology companies. So that's just an interesting shift that you know COVID has you know brought on in the market.
1: I don't know what any of that means.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's basically questioning: is this company worth the valuation? Um, and you know, are these stocks as hot as a tech stock? Or are they just like an e-commerce company? And like before COVID, e-commerce is kind of like old and daggy. It's been around for 20 years. Mm. Uh, It's not like a hot, sexy technology company to be working for they're now attracting this sort of level of interest uh, from investors is quite interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have never heard of Adore Beauty. I'm sure that they do great work. Um, My deal, that that sounds once again, like a catch of the day style site. Is is that correct? Is it it just yet another uh, group that, that throws together daily deals?
0: So, my deal is more of, it's more of the marketplace model where you've got m- lots of different sellers like an eBay or something like that. Um, Catch of the Day also has a marketplace these days as well, replicating that Amazon model of a lot of different sellers and, and they're the marketplace that connects buyers and sellers
1: right, right.
0: Uh, as opposed to a more traditional retail model.
1: I'm never really 100% sure of those those kind of places. I, I bought something from the marketplace under Kogan's brand once uh, and it was definitely coming from the marketplace, not from Kogan. and the product was terrible. I, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I'm worried about those kind of things. Anyway. Uh, Moving on, it's time to pour one out for Quibi, the little social network that couldn't. Um, The video platform was released at the start of the year uh, and to to great fanfare, but it unfortunately has shut down. A crash landing for the once high-flying entertainment startup that attracted some big names in Hollywood and looked to revolutionise how people consume entertainment. That was from the the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I think that was a bit tongue-in-cheek. Since Quibi launched, it was the butt of every joke. I don't know. Well, did you did you get swept up in in, in Quibi?
0: Ah, uh, no. So I didn't uh, download Quibi or, or give it a go. I heard a couple of audio ads for it and thought, oh, that sounds like an interesting thing. I should. Uh, I'd like to watch that, but I didn't actually watch any of the original, you know, scripted content that they were making.
1: Yeah, they marketed them themselves as the first true mobile video experience because their their secret technology was. Uh, that their videos looked great in either landscape or portrait uh, kind of as a nod to, you know, the TikTok and Instagram stories generation. But I don't know, uh, the very first mobile, true mobile video experience, I think that YouTube and, and TikTok and Instagram could have argued for that one. So it, it was a hell of a lot of uh, hype. And uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg from DreamWorks and Meg Whitman um, aren't tiny players. They you People were expecting... Good things from Quibi, but uh, they just weren't able to pull it off. In their Medium post, they wrote Quibi is not succeeding, likely for one of two reasons because the idea itself wasn't strong enough to justify a standalone streaming service, or because of our timing. I'm going to say it's the former there. Uh, it was just a terrible idea. It was terribly executed. Uh, no good timing in the world would have fixed it.
0: I was going to jump in and say I don't think it's timing. The launch was back in April, and that really coincided with most of the world really going into some form of a lockdown. Uh, when we're all supposedly you know going to spend more time on our screens which we did but instead of subscribing to quibi people started baking
1: sourdough mm. <laughs> yeah indeed and watching people on tiktok make sourdough so yeah it, it just look the, you're either hot or you're not and uh, and unfortunately when this is something that is so true with tech companies that as soon as stink sets in on a tech company it just never Manages to survive after that. And, and I think that because the launch was so terrible that once you've got that bad name, uh, then, then yeah, you just become the running joke of so many different sites and, and yeah, Quibi fell into that hole.
0: Yeah, it definitely does seem easy to make fun of Quibi. But uh, Peter Kafka over at Recode has penned a piece today defending Quibi, saying he'd want to, you know, admitting terrible idea and everything like that, but he'd like to see more Quibis in the future. And that is an old fashioned media business where people pay for good quality content versus just giving away the content for free and selling our attention to advertisers.
1: Mm, yeah, I love Peter Kafka and um, I kind of agree with him here, but even even their model was so confused. Like you had to pay and still see ads uh, on, on the lower tier. So a bit of a strange one. Anyway, pull one out for Quibi. Uh, you will, will, I guess, be missed by someone.
0: I don't know. I think I've got some Quibi regret. Did I miss something that like I'll never have the <laughs> chance to go back and see?
1: Uh, maybe. I guess it'll be on YouTube in about two weeks. Anyway, that's all we have time for today. My name is Peter Wells.
0: And I'm Chess Dennett.
1: Being the very professional podcaster that I am, I totally forgot that tomorrow is a public holiday down here in Melbourne, and so we will not be recording tomorrow, but we will be back on Monday. Enjoy your long weekend, go the cats, and we'll speak to you Monday. Bye.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.